It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. So we didn't even really hit record yet, but you already just coming out slandering Rich Holler. Uh, I'm not even trying to slander him, man. We got to discuss him. So no, no, you just called the man Husky Fit Finley. Is Fit Finley really a diss? It's not a diss. You called him Mojo Raleigh. You called him the British Mojo Raleigh. Now you try to clean it up by saying <laughs> Fit Finley. Yeah, I've I, 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 I've upgraded the level of respect. It's like the most backhanded compliment, only because you insulted the pure shit out of the man beforehand. Like, so, Finley isn't a dick. What you mean? So, you know what? I'm saying that <laughs> I've retracted some of the disrespect, and, you know, it's gotten better. Okay. Anyways, welcome, everybody, to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like usual, it's I, your co-host, Jacob and Lawrence. That is my tag team partner, Mr. Cedric Welton. And as you can tell, I hit record a little early on this un- Announced to said, and we just got some slander in about Rich Holland, which we're going to elaborate on a lot more. But said, how you doing today? I'm solid. I mean, I, and hey, I'm gonna remain authentic, man. I mean, I don't think the fit friendly thing is a diss at all. Like, I don't think it's a diss. I think that's pretty accurate. Some would consider that high praise for a young upstart. It's high but, praise, I mean, but it's backhanded as hell when you called the man Mojo Raleigh the week before, sir. Hey, I I happen to I've seen Mojo Raleigh in person multiple times. He's a very large man. Um, I think Mojo Raleigh cuts a mean promo. I, I think he's a talented superstar who doesn't get good writing. So I, you can I mean, take what? that however you want to take that. You mean to tell me going around saying "Get hype, bro! Get hype!" isn't good writing? What you talking about? Storyline wise, I mean, you know. Why, why isn't he competing for the 24-7 anymore? Where is Mojo anyway? That's a better question. They had nothing for him when Gronk decided to go back to the league, <laughs> which is that's a shame for those WWE writers. But this is your go-home episode for TakeOver 30. Um, whenever you're listening to this, this is your Saturday morning audio dope. So you probably listened to this before TakeOver. And not only are we going to recap this week's NXT for you, but we're going to get these predictions off as well um, for what should be a packed show um, that is doing some counter booking against uh, AEW Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. You know, little counter programming. One's on the network. One is on Turner. We're going to go ahead. By the time you hear this, you would have heard our preview for um, Saturday night's Dynamite and Seth's plea to get the old school WCW vibes, at least for the intro. But nonetheless, you know, it ain't happening, but it's all good. It's all good. 
But yeah, we're here to recap Wednesday's Go Home show, talk about um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Another case of I told you so, Mr. Welton. It's really getting old on my side, but I feel the need to have to keep reminding you. But, you know. And, uh, yeah, we're going to preview TakeOver X. Still not calling it 30. We, we, we got a lot to get off with the TakeOver preview. But before we really jump into things, we just want to make sure you guys like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. We have podcasts. We will travel. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Della. Said is at said underscore says. That is C-E-double-D underscore S-A-Y-S. And last but not least, the number one podcast network for professionals, the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Believe Podcast. Believe is spelled B-L-E-A-V. Podcast, all one word. And tell them, hey, guys, I thought you were giving them their own little separate stream for Believe in AEW. We're waiting. Yeah, so are we, guys. So are we. So just tweet them. Let them know, hey, run that promo up, you know, all the good stuff. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and just hop right into what we started the show off with. Mr. Rich Holland opened up the show taking on Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, with his wife at side at his side in the first uh, second chance qualifying match for the North American title match at TakeOver. And Johnny won, much to the shock of nobody. Nobody. Like, nobody. But uh, what's interesting is there were reports that when the match was being filmed, Johnny took a nasty spot and they had to stop the match. And they thought, you know, oh, shit, we may have seriously injured Gargano. Um, me and you talked about the set before we came on the air. I didn't think we were going to see the spot. I thought we were going to get, like, some kind of weird cut juxtaposition type deal. Nah. They showed us that spot, and that man took a spike. He got spiked on his head. Yeah, spike. The neck looked like it landed pretty awkward. And they definitely stopped um, what they were doing. And they played it off and used it as a way of Johnny just playing possum to get the upper hand, which is, you think about it, I'm pretty sure they stopped in legitimacy, but if they kept recording and used it and played off of it, really smart way to um, continue because you're playing on – he, he kind of put Holland over in that moment, if you would. Like this guy did this attack, like, and it, it hurt him really bad. And, and again, I got to go back to this, but – you're telling me, because I'm replaying it right now. You're telling me when this man walks to the ring, you don't see Fit Finley. He's carrying a damn billy club, like, <laughs> like Fit carried a shillelagh, a shillelagh, beret, trench coat. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what it is, but hopefully, um, Rich Holland prospers on his brand. I know he meant a lot to as an upstart NXT UK. But what I loved about this match is that in the beginning of the match, Johnny Gargano looked at him in the eye and said, welcome to the big, big leads. You don't belong in the ring with me. Um, when you look at the statues of these two men, you would think that was foolish to say. But it's Johnny Gargano. It's uh, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, so many uh, monikers he has. There was no way in hell you're going to have the 30th edition of Takeover and not have Johnny Gargano on the brand. No way. <laughs> so we had some great technical wrestling by Johnny he uh, fainted at the power of Rich Holland multiple times but you get one final beat after that that ugly next spot that I would argue um, probably really wasn't worth us seeing <laughs> but 
they use it against us anyway. Johnny Gargano moves on. Yeah, it was a snap. Like he hit Johnny, tried to hit Johnny with the snap power slam, catching him off the ropes, and for whatever reason, he like tucked Johnny's head in a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, I I cringed. I was on my couch. I saw it. I was like, ugh. Like, you kind of felt that little, like, jolt down your spine. Mm-hmm. You it just wakes like, you up. Ugh. It's like, when you see it, it's like, oh. <laughs> like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Because I was like, oh, okay, Johnny took a nasty spot where he landed on his head. I thought maybe, maybe he tried some flippy shit to the outside or something. Or he got, like, bumped off the turnbuckle and, like, landed awkwardly on his head. All regular and I say regular in quote spots, but you're like, okay, I can see you taking a nasty spill. This, nah. Not at all. Nope. Don't need to see that one again. No time soon. But yeah. Ridge Holland, or Ridge Finley. How about that? That's what we're going to call him now? Ridge Finley? Sure. What is what is the end game for Ridge? Because I made the case on the preview show that I can see Ridge winning if Finn and Velveteen weren't in the other qualifying match. So Ridge came at an interesting spot because he got some spotlight by being in these contender ladder matches, but he, the level of competition and obviously the timing with it being takeover 30 just doesn't bode well for him just because he didn't have enough time to cook. You got to remember that, um, Honestly, would he even have been presented in this if Loomis had not got hurt? You have to question that as well. Um, But I think a guy like Rich Holland, who I'm assuming they want to book as a heel and not a babyface, he can be a guy that presumptively, if like a Damian Priest or a Bronson Reed wins uh, at TakeOver, then – he can be a guy that, that stakes a challenge for the title. Maybe he yeah, can win he next in a wave of contenders matches. Here's my thing, though. <clears throat> if Damian, I'm sorry, if Loomis doesn't get hurt, that's four out of five spots filled, right? right. That will leave you Finn, Ridge, Gargano, and Velveteen, would you even do a second chance? If Loomis hadn't got hurt? Right. I feel like they would have done it regardless. Honestly. So it would have been like a fatal four-way. Spot. Yeah. I think the final spot, originally they would have wanted somebody from the past in the match. That's, that's just the way I see it. So that begs me to ask, would it have been Velveteen? Or would it have been Johnny? Or would it have been Finn? Or do they go Ridge? Because if you, in this scenario with healthy Loomis, I got Loomis, cool. I got Priest, cool. I got the Thick Boy, cool. I got your favorite, cool. All unproven, relatively right, so speaking. Put another unproven guy in there, and I don't think they would do it do it that way, just because they probably want to. I mean, for the not so hardcore fans of NXT, they probably want to have a recognizable face. In there. I guess you could go that route, but I'm just saying. Like, if it was those four, and then you had a last, a second chance, last shot match with those fighting forward, yeah, I'd see Ridge winning and getting the pin probably over Velveteen. But as far as what do you do with Ridge Holland, 
I don't know. I just hope he doesn't go like Killian Dane. That's all I hope. You don't ever want to go full Killian Dane. <laughs> but like, put him in Johnny a Ru- put him in, put a wit Killian Dane in a few. I don't care if it's hill on hill. That could work. Speak me above the meat. There you go. Here for it. Just like I'm here for Dakota Kai. And we she take on Jesse Kamea, who's uh, NXT hopeful. We've seen her in action at Full Sail before. Um, I was kind of taken aback by this match at the beginning because I'm like, why the hell does Dakota Kai have to compete days before TakeOver and not Yoshirai? But then it made me realize immediately at the beginning of the match, I was like, ah, we're setting something up. And on our last week's pod, we said I specifically said, if anybody's going to mix it up this week, it's going to be Io Shirai and Dakota Kai. They're going to come blows, most likely to um, trade punches tonight. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Dakota Kai, Kamea had a nice little back-and-forth match. Didn't go long. Kamea got some offense in, and Kai got her up out of here. Then immediately gets on the mic, starts talking that shit. Io Shirai comes out like, oh, you want to talk? Let's just go. They start fighting. They're fighting up the entryway. Who comes out? Big Mama Cool. We ain't seen Raquel Gonzalez in weeks. We thought she had COVID. We thought they scrapped the gimmick. We had no idea. But she's back. And you pretty much throw out the idea that Kai was going to do this all alone. Did they do it too soon? Maybe. I feel like they should have just let Kai, or sorry, let Raquel come out at a takeover. But I mean, it, it lets you know that uh, the heater is going to be in the corner on Saturday night, which is probably bodes well for go to Kai, even though I'll do my prediction later, even though I don't think it's going to matter. All right. So, yeah, uh, Kai pr- pretty much made quick work of shot. He got up out of here and went right back to talking to Cashman and shit like she's been talking. I don't know what it is, but that accent and her talking shit, it just works. I agree. It just works. It, it comes off a little more disrespectful than what it probably actually is, but it just works. And I enjoy it, so I ain't even mad at it. But um, I told you so. What would you tell me so? I told you that Big Mama Cool was likely to show up. I was like, if they get physical, don't be surprised if Big Mama Cool go, shows up. And you're like, nah, you got to save it for TakeOver. I was like, nah, this is the perfect spot. Because here's the problem. If you roll in the TakeOver Saturday night, right? No sign of Big Mama Cool. Kai is giving, I'm sorry, Kai's getting that work, right? From um, EO. And Big Mama Cool runs down and make the save. You know what? You know what that looks like? Six months ago in Portland. Okay, then the Tegan Knox match. Yeah, I was. I, I would even say if you did it that way, then you you probably have to make sure you're putting the belt on Kai. That too. That moment, which I I think it's just too soon. So you have your heater come back this week, come through, fuck some shit up. Be like, oh, uh, we thought she was doing this by herself. I thought she didn't need no help. Because she said all the right things to make you think that, oh, she she kicked the heater to the side or she doesn't need a heater for this one. She wants to do it solo dolo. And then the heater puts her size like about 11, maybe a 10, like a Doc Martin boot. 
right to the face. Like, EO been taking some kicks straight to the face. Like, no hands up, no slight, no slight of foot, none of that. Like, hold this right to your face. And I appreciate you for taking them kicks. But, yeah, Big Mama, cool. Nice to see her back, no? Yeah, really nice to see her back. I'm I'm happy more so that they did not scrap the gimmick of <laughs> that they're they're playing off with Michaels and Diesel. So, good to see that. Like I said, I'm I'm confident Dakota Kai is going to benefit from this at TakeOver 30, and she'll have her, her time in the sun eventually. But um, it just makes the angle that much more interesting. And, of course, um, Raquel wipes out uh, Kai. They drag her back to the ring. Uh, sorry, wipes out Shirai. And they drag her back to the ring. Then Kai's hovering over Shirai and, and just taunting her until she gets that faint punch. But then... Gonzalez comes in, hits or hits Shirai with a choke slam. So it just just takes the whole match to another layer, which I, which I'm going to enjoy because I thought just alone, I think Kai and Shirai put on a great match. Yeah, it will be a great match, and I don't <clears throat> think this is a one and done type deal either. Nah, can't be. There's no because... other person you can build up. To say, right now. There's three other women that make sense. And two of them are basically going to either be fighting each other or becoming friends again. Mm-hmm. That's Tiga Knox and Candice LeRae, which we'll get into in a little bit. And then the other person is Mia Yim, and she is trying to find her brick right now. Because she got beef with Scarlet and Cross. Which... Again, this is going to turn into a couple's angle, and I'm not here for it. Not to mention you just ran this shit for about three months with the same woman and man with another couple over a title. Why are you running back the same trope so soon? So I love the Mixed Match Challenge. I love it on Facebook Watch. I love the random pairings of... uh, male and female WWE superstars. So if they're couples, cool. I mean, 2020 <laughs> hasn't given me a lot, but if you give me Mixed Match Challenge on Facebook Watch, I'll be grateful, you know? I, I guess I'm just saying, you literally just did this three months ago with Lee and Yim, <clears throat> and all it got yeah. was Keith Lee a selling ass ride home. I don't know. I don't, I don't, think, the, I don't think the product is ready for it, Scarlett jumping the ring yet, but there'll definitely be some involvement on Yim's part um, at TakeOver. I, I can definitely see that. And just, just so we can jump into that real quick, what you said, we got to talk about Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox did come out and have a promo later in the evening, um, pretty much getting asked about um, what happened last week between her and Candace. And she said, She's going to take her time and try to save her friendship with Candice because she didn't know that Candace felt that way about her. And as, as, as far as long as her, their friendship being in a stupid place. Um, and Candace has been friends with her for a long time. And she kind of seemed like she was almost worried, I would say. Like worried about losing Candace as a friend. So this actually goes back to one of your predictions. Not quite where you had it going, but... This could be the tea leaves and maybe Candace having some type of influence over Tegan and maybe Tegan having a little hill turn. 
I'm sorry, I was being quiet so you could make sure you didn't hear any clicks on the phone because you're going to swear the line is tapped in a minute. Well, you you were saying that Tegan would uh, realign with Dakota Kai, which right. I it could be a thing. And, and there's nothing wrong with having a secondary feud with Tegan is, and uh, Candace. It can take time away from certain things, give both of them something to do. But the way they're building it right now, it sounds like Tegan doesn't want to lose Candace at all. Yeah, it could be a Tegan Hill turn, or it could just put a hell of a lot of heat on Candice LeRae because she, God knows, she could use it. She needs more? I think so. I think she used to cool off a little bit. I don't know. Dinners with the Gargano is do enough. Yeah, but what about in-ring? Like, what has she done? I don't think she's been in a match since losing – like what came after she lost that um no more contenders four way, has she? Yeah, you're right. So she she has no heat as her by herself. She has heat as being <clears throat> Johnny's like muse or like escape or just uh, distraction decoy. Mm-hmm. But she ain't hold no heat. She about like the wings you got. Room temp. That's true. But I mean, I don't know. Is, is Tegan the right person? Yes, to because get that heat off of you. You sucker your friend back in. You're like, you know what? I'm you. I'm sorry. I was just frustrated. I was a little hurt and upset to see you in that video and so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. You kind of do the buddy-buddy thing for a couple weeks and then Kindle stick to the back. I see that. That does make sense. Exactly. It's simple. Nice, clean, easy, classic. Oh, yeah, we're friends. Nope. We'll beat you as soon as you turn around. I can see it. I can see it, you know. There we go. Simple, easy, plus again, another secondary or tertiary feud for the women's division. Much like Rhea Ripley and Shotzi Blackheart going up against the Robert Stone brand again, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, so I mean – Finally doing the, the tag team match that we knew we would be getting. And the action in this match was actually on point. On point. Um, Rhea had moments where she finally got her hands on Mercedes, uh, which is really what you're here for, because that's the big feud they're trying to do in the midst of all of this is Mercedes and Ripley. And, like, I, I, I talked to Jake about this off air, and damn, that powerbomb looked so good. Whatever they did with the camera angles – with a jump cut or cutting away from the actual movement, it actually looked like it killed Mercedes. <laughs> like, that's how you want to build Rhea Ripley and give her her edge back. Just that alone. And um, whatever this means, because Robert Stone brand took an L here, so we know the Robert Stone brand isn't done with Rhea Ripley, so we're going to keep fleshing this out for the next several weeks. They're not on the takeover card. Um 
but I actually like this. I like this for all four superstars. I think all, I think everybody's going to come away from this feud looking good. Yeah, exactly. And I even said on the previous show, cause we kind of talked about it. I was like, I wouldn't do this match. I would do it for takeover. Like I would have put this on the takeover card, but I'm not mad at it. Like I said, it keeps Rhea Ripley the hell away from the women's title, which is all I'm concerned with. Mercedes is a solid, trusted, proven vet. It gives Aaliyah some more ring time and a chance to finally maybe make it out of purgatory because she's been there for like seven years. And then Shotzi, everybody loves Shotzi. So. And Shotzi's everybody's friend, except for Robert Stones. Yeah, she had her helmet back. You saw, saw her kiss her helmet a bunch of times. And so she's probably ecstatic that she has her back. Yep, so it's all good. But yeah, good match. I need this feud to continue. Like it's like just keep it going for another month or so. Yeah. You know what you could do? Mm-hmm. They they totally do. won't do it. But I mean, if I'm fantasy booking here. Okay. Uh, what do you want me to say so it'll happen? The the tech here we go. <laughs> the, 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 the women's tag champs need opponents for payback. Shotzi and Ripley. See I like that. I don't necessarily need them to win, but I like that idea. Yeah, I don't need them to win either, but it's a good competitive match. It's different because um, we haven't seen it yet. We've seen every other pairing on the Raw or and SmackDown brands. Like, just go for something different. Here's what I would suggest, though. <clears throat> Big Mama Cool and Dakota Kai against Sasha and Bailey. I would love that too, just for the moment it could bring. But we know they don't really do the heel versus heel stuff often. It'd be all right, but here—I'll even tell you how you get to it. Kai loses. Let's say Eo pulls a submission out, gets Kai to tap out, right? And you ah, this is a little bit of stretch. You—you'd have to find a reason for Sasha and Bailey to be there. But let's just say they're hanging around backstage because you know they're tag champs, so they go wherever they want. Let's just say they're hanging around backstage and they like make a snarky comment. It's like, look at this loser or something. And Kai's like, what? And Big Mama Cool gets in the face and boom, there you go. Right into it. It's going to be a quick one-off anyway, so why not? Yeah, quick one-off. I don't, I don't see those women losing those tag titles anytime soon. But as far as the Robert Stone brand, I expect them to bounce back from this. Uh, You know what? What I really expect, they're probably going to isolate both of these women. And I'm talking about Rhea and Shotzi. Somebody's going to get attacked from behind backstage by the duo of Mercedes and Aaliyah so they can isolate them both, get the upper hand on next week's NXT. Because this is far from over. But it's good to see Shotzi and Rhea pick pick up a W here. Feels like it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, for Shotzi, yeah, because Rhea's had a couple of W's, but yeah. And with that said, what else we got here? Um, oh, it's your favorite segment. Trash time, trash time. Yeah. Legato del Fantasma and six-man tag action against the team of Rizango with accompanying them, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, it looks like we're really building towards this Swerve Scott-Santos um, Escobar match. And this was actually 
wasn't a bad match in in ring. Um, actually, the team of Legado del Fantasma works very well together in the ring together, when which they actually isolated and separated Brizango from each other, and Swerve didn't get into the ring until very late in the match, I want to say. And he had his moments, but couldn't pick up the W because he was not the legal man. And it led to Tyler Breeze actually eating a pen, which I don't know why that's happening a lot. I, I don't like seeing Tyler Breeze eat the pen a lot. Breeze is Teflon-ish, no? Yeah, but they, they're trying to make him seem like the weak leak sometimes. Like Fandango has the the arm elbow injury, and they're focusing on that with Mendoza. A lot of different spots done on uh, Dango until I guess the the protagonist gets in the ring, which was Breeze. Then he gets gets wiped out. Then Swerve gets in and cleans house, which is that's what you want to see. You want to see Swerve get the upper hand because we know they and they talked about this on the broadcast a lot. Hey, this is the only guy to beat Escobar. Escobar called that out as soon as he won the title. So we're building towards that. Um, but yeah, Breeze eating the pen. What does that What does that do for anybody here? It does nothing. You know what it does? It gives you credence and a story <clears throat> for um, this matchup that we'll get into on the preview show. Uh, we'll get into later for the preview of the um, yeah for the preview show of Takeover. Threw myself off there. Too many preview shows <laughs> because it's a number one contenders match between Brizongo, Legado de Fantasma being represented by Wild and um, Mendoza, and then Birch and Lorcan. Yeah, so that's one match that was added to the Takeover kickoff as a result of NXT. So I mean, it's. We're, we're utilizing the tag team titles, I guess. So it, they still ain't been defended, I don't think, on the takeover all year. But hey, yeah, it's all good. So at least Imperium will have a challenger once takeover is over. But again, Legado del Fantasma won this match. Isaiah Sora Scott seemingly had Escobar pinned for what seemed like a five count. Shout out to Big E. But he was known that. He was not the legal man because he got bumped into Breeze, who got tagged in. Breeze comes in, tries to make a run for it, and it, it seems like it's always out of nowhere, just the, the phantom driver. And then another <laughs> win for Legato Del Fantasma. Yes. This is I say this every week. Devlin can't come back soon enough. Well, and I tend to tell this to you every week, Devlin is on, they put the boy on ice. Between yeah. speaking out and the fact that he can't get into the country, they're just like, shh. Because I don't think he's tweeted. Fact, let me pull that real quick. Probably hasn't. But, I mean, even if that doesn't happen, I want my other theory to happen really bad. I just need Lucha House Party versus Lugato Del Fantasma for a, for a good two-month Two months that it just makes sense. Polar opposite trios with Kalisto being the one that challenged for the cruiserweight title. Hmm. It, it it'd be a nice little interim type deal if you wanted to go Mexican on Mexican balance. 
See, I take them too far. That's not what I meant. <laughs> that it's implied. Nah. Uh, well, I mean, what was what's the hurt business? Uh, yeah, I talked about black on black violence, <laughs> but this WWE's calling card. Also, slight sidebar. One, Devlin has not tweeted since June 19th when he addressed the speaking out allegations and then he just whooped, disappeared. Okay. So he's laying low. Exactly. But remember when we had, well, on Monday's episode, you guys will hear the full King Coley interview. Shout out to Coley again for coming through. Great quality. I think we went for about two hours and some change. We're just going to let the whole thing fly. So just sit in, strap down, treat it like an episode of Joe Button's podcast. You'll be fine. Man of a thousand belts. Yeah. I don't say that lightly. No, no, no. Literally. We, we got some more clips and teasers from that and always. But anyways, I was looking at Devlin's Instagram or Twitter, and we talked about the Cruiserweight title being black, right? Like how they changed the strap to black. Yeah. Phantasma's belt is not black. It's purple, right? Yeah. Devlin's belt is black. Yeah, because I know they made a different one. Yeah, that's they, what Devlin has the one that's the newer like iteration of it. Yep, that's what's been throwing me off. That's what threw me off in that. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Devlin's is black. Phantasma's purple. I don't know if that's because they didn't have another black belt on standby. Maybe, well, maybe when the pandemic, maybe they can't get the ability to make a new one right now. I don't know. You well, you already had the Dipset title belt on ice for a while, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Phantasmas is black and purple. I actually like that one. Phantasmas are Devlin's. The one that Phantasma has. The purple one. The purple strap. It, I don't. It looks like it's black strap just right now. But I mean, let me check WWE. I like website. them both. It's ugly. The purple strap ain't doing it for me. Not a black strap. The black strap with that purple, and I've seen mock-ups where they add a little bit of gold into it. Mm. And that that is fuego. What else we had? Um, Notice, excuse me, noticeable omission from NXT this week was your world champion. Keith Lee, nor Karrion Cross were physically in attendance, but there was a promo of Karrion Cross and all the destruction he's caused, um, and most notably the destruction he's caused, Keith Lee. Nice video package lets you know, hey, that Karrion Cross is all about this business, that he's a serious threat. Now, on our preview show, we said that there might be something that happens between the two, but it seems like they're really trying to make this a no-spoiler type of match. They want fans to not kind of know what's going to happen between these two men and just be on the editor's seat, just seeing what they're going to come up with when these two lock lockstep with each other. Um, with that said, we still know they booked into, the, into a very, very dark corner. So I don't know what's going to happen between these two men at TakeOver 30, but we will have a prediction because we have to. (laughs) Well, when you put it like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
is super promo, although I did see a photo that allegedly may have been a spoiler. Explain yourself. Um, one of WWE's 50,000 accounts tweeted yeah. out a graphic of Cross holding the title. Like, had the title over his shoulder. And then I think the official NXT Instagram may have posted it and left it left it up and I think as of like yesterday it was still up. Hmm. So just just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. But my whole thing is that's cool if you want to do that. But you better find a way to get out this corner. Because like you said, they're in a dark corner, a deep corner, an ugly corner. It it ain't looking good for them. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not looking good. Because you either cool off the hottest thing and cross, or you make your champ that you built up a transitional champ who knocked off your longest reigning champ. So what you gonna do, Trips? Gonna see. You know what else we gonna see? What we gonna see? Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee <laughs> in a match that if you told me on January 1st, 2020 that this was gonna be something that hit that would be a staple of TakeOver 30, I would have laughed at you. I would have laughed aggressively at you. Um, but yet, here we are. Um, I guess we can call him a Hall of Fame punter. Maybe I'm reaching. I don't know. Um, but Pat McAfee rolled to full sale with some NFL alum, most notably former linebacker A.J. Hawk, and I believe current cornerback Darius Butler. Um, and there was a fourth. I don't know who that guy is, but maybe he's just filler. But I don't see his name anywhere. Didn't recognize him. But he rolled up to Orlando, PC, talking big shit. And you know what? I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. Um, Pat McAfee is selling this feud verbally. Now, whether he'll do it in the ring at TakeOver, I have no freaking clue. But verbally, the shit he was talking was nuclear. He automatically makes you want to punch him in the face. Like Everything he's saying about Adam Cole, Adam Cole just being reserved, not saying anything, allowing him to get these bars off and just taking it. And all Adam Cole said was like, hey, my guys don't need to be in this ring, so let's talk like men. And he said, at TakeOver 30, I'm going to make you my bitch. And left. Needless to say, Jacob, I am coming off my high horse, and I am now invested in this feud. All, WWE did it again. All it I'm took invested. was calling somebody a bitch. That's all it took? No, no, no. All, all, all it took was Pat McAfee actually uh, – Sounding and talking like every guy you want to beat up. <laughs> I told you this from the start. He's just an annoying little shit. Like guys like him and uh, and Sam Roberts, like, oh, I'm, I, I just want to punch you in the face. You're probably the nicest guy in the world. But when, when oh. you talk, I get upset. <laughs> oh, I pay good money to see somebody punt kick Sam Roberts. So it's like they're playing the hill role very well. And it was actually a very cool moment because Adam Cole, the, the, the moment that got me, which was kind of like, uh, 
felt like it man i don't know why i said that because i just watched it man like like a few weeks ago but when all the security guards came in and adam cole cleared them like by himself and had that stare down with mcafee i was like oh okay yeah i remember this is a wrestling match it's not a we're not kicking field goals or punting balls into the air (laughs) so mr mcafee white shoes game on Yes, his shoes are whiter than Gargano's on this night. However, Johnny White Shoes just sounds better than Patty White Shoes. It does. I'm not going to fight you on that. All right. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little puzzled and shocked. Like, you coming around quickly. Um, I don't agree that it's your co-main event, and it probably is. But it's going to be that thing, like, I haven't paid too much attention to uh, ESPN, CBS, and all these places, but I'm pretty sure uh, this is going to be talked about a lot uh, in, the, in the coming days. I mean, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure this was already blasted out. I mean, you might even get trips on first take before takeover and all this type of stuff, talking about this headline match and things. So, yeah, it's, it's going to do media numbers for sure. Now, is, it gonna, is the in-ring work going to be up to par? I have no idea. Does it have to be up to par? Hmm. I'm going to reserve my judgment for my pick. All right. That's cool. That's fair. And then last thing we got for the um, takeover, I'm sorry, for the actual NXT show was the main event between the Prince and Prince's knockoff. Okay. <laughs> That's how you want to start this. So, we are not tolerating Velveteen Dreams slander on this podcast. <laughs> we will slander many things. Though we are going to be unbiased in our coverage of the Velveteen Dream. I literally go everywhere online, uh, wherever you read information. Wrestling Twitter is the worst. But all these people are so anti Velveteen Dream now, and this guy was on top of the world. I mean, Triple H already said everything was good. Why do we hate this man in legitimacy now? Because he's an alleged child. But the key word is alleged. And no, I'm not standing for this man just because I portrayed him on Halloween. This is deeper than that. Just saying. There's a lot of alleged stuff that goes on every single day. Uh, cue the story of Brian Banks, um, if you're familiar with him. Actually had a movie about him a couple years ago. So, I mean, if due process really played its role, I just don't agree with the calling of the man's job. I mean, if WWE, I mean we've seen WWE get some people out of the paint that really did some shit. So I think that the double standard that we're doing with Velveteen Dream is a little cruel. Because, I mean, who who they get out of the paint recently? And I'm not just talking about speaking out, me too. I'm talking about in the past, like, five years. Something came out, the guy was gone. Um, They put Lars Sullivan on ice. Right. Like, didn't – wasn't – um. whatever happened with Big Cass, he got fired. And I feel like the same oh, thing happened with Enzo when that that's stuff what I came say, out. They got Enzo the hell up out of here. 
They got Enzo all the way up out of here. And th and there's some people out there who will try to make this a race issue, and I'm not going to do that. Um, not it's not a black versus white issue. Velveteen Dream is a black superstar. He's being afforded the same due process that a Matt Riddle is or that a Jordan Devlin is. These guys are still under contract on television. Um, their allegations vastly different, but allegations nonetheless. Yeah, I think Devlin is a better comparison. I think we've established that Riddles was more so a man yeah. had an affair. Well, uh, another comparison would be uh, Austin Theory, because he had was talking to a younger girl, I believe, or underage girl. Yeah, yeah, that, that too. But yeah, I, it's like I can get why you feel the way you feel about the hashtag. My thing is I would much rather be on the wrong side of this and have to walk back across and apologize. Then be, I feel you. I feel you, but there is a darkness inside of me that is going to ride for Velveteen Dream. <laughs> I Amen. don't know why. Hey man, they they call it ride or die for a reason. It ain't ride or get off, it's ride or die. There is a sue me. I'm rooting for everybody who's black. That is deep embedded in my soul. <laughs> You know what somebody black once told me? All skin folk ain't kin folk. Fair, fair, very fair. And there might be some credibility out there about uh, Dream, real name Patrick Clark being a weirdo. I know there was some type of post that I saw. There was a very flagrant article on Deadspin <laughs> today uh, about Velveteen Dream and all of this about how WWE just let this. Uh, they actually called him a child predator in the headline. It's it's aggressive. It's all hell. And there's a screenshot of some type of wrestling uh, reporting page on Twitter. Or sorry, on IG. And uh, it's talking about Velveteen Dream. There's a picture of Patrick with Triple H with the arm over the shoulder type of thing when you sign a new talent. And Nia Jax, is, Nia Jax actually put a string of clown emojis in the comments. So somebody screen grabbed that. Because obviously, there might be people in the locker room that really don't rock with Velveteen Dream for for this, that, or the other. Well, most people, a lot of people allegedly don't necessarily like to rock with Nia, so. This is true. That's actually, that's actually more evident. <laughs> and that's, I think that's coming out from a lot of fans that rock with Nia for whatever reason. But needless to say, man, until this man really crashes and burns and like the the truth really comes out i'm just going to enjoy his character on screen and jacob told me i was asking too much earlier but i'm, I'm gonna say it again i mean y'all this is a fictional character y'all better keep that energy for the president that man actually has lives at stake yeah 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 no no you got a point and I'm I'm a hundred percent on the the side of truth with the whole uh, save the children, the trafficking that's going on, the stuff that happened with Wayfair a few weeks back. Like that stuff is gross. Uh, national media is not covering it. I think it's a really big problem in today's uh, society and world that doesn't get enough traction at all. 
Yeah, and I think the people are trying to give some traction to it. It just so happens that Velveteen is going to be the train tracks. I just know this is bigger than the Velveteen dream at the same time. This involves so many people. And I think, uh, I don't even know if we should call out names because I when I say this, but I think that's what they're trying to get Ellen out of here for. Yeah. That and allegedly her show environment was toxic and everything else. So, yeah. But Velveteen Dream knocks off Finn Balor. I did not see this coming. Um, You know what? Finn is the only one outside of the, I, I'd say, the three hopefuls in the match that has not held the belt. So I thought it made perfect sense for Finn to be in that match because he's trying to be a Grand Slam NXT champion like Johnny Gargano. Um, but a couple weeks ago, I, I did say that, hey, this is going to happen. You're going to have Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher because Finn, Finn whooped that ass after that match that Loomis won. He wasn't having that. Put him in that 1916 after the match and and walked out because Finn didn't get submitted. Uh, Thatcher did. So, I mean, it was a good – I mean, we've been wait, I've been waiting this match for a couple months. So, it was actually a good match from start to finish. Velveteen Dream uh, kind of dominated a match early on. And then Cameron Grimes came out and kind of ruined it for me, just yelling there on top of the ladder, just being a dork. And then, of course, we get the same thing we see every go-home show for Money in the Bank. It's like, hey, I'm going to climb this ladder and grab this title that I know is not mine yet. <laughs> and everybody wanted to get a piece of that. So eventually we saw Johnny Gargano do the same thing, goes in the ring with the title. Cameron Grimes actually did mess up the match. I'm not saying that just because I hate him, but – um. He, he literally, like, fucked up the match. So, he got knocked in the ring by, was it Gargano? Or was it Reed? Either way, somebody threw him off the ladder in the ring, took the title. I'm pretty sure it was Gargano. Gargano takes out of the ring, gets approached by Damian Priest, Bronson Reed. This is all going on while the match is still happening. The ref gets knocked out. Uh, Finn and dream clear house of all these guys who comes out timothy thatcher and i don't even think he did much to finn balor except hit him in the back of the head but that was enough for dream to hit the dream valley driver purple rainmaker elbow um and that was it dream is your fifth competitor which the internet you you would think that actually i'm not gonna say nothing flagrant because we're on airwaves but <laughs> The, the internet was in an uproar over this, man. They were in an uproar over Velveteen Dream winning this damn match. He didn't win the title. He's just going to be in the match. And I would argue the point that uh, you want to build your TakeOver 30 around people who are going to like emphasize the moment. Finn Balor's been a part of many TakeOvers over the years. So maybe it's time – like. Dream always like has a great entrance during takeover, things like that. Maybe you give him that spotlight because Finn Balor's already done it so many times in his career. Maybe, but now here's the problem. Dream is already a former champ. Why are you putting well Gargano's in there too, but still. Yeah. So why are you putting two former champs in there? Uh just because you have the there's always the threat that hey, they've 
Well, Dream's been in this type of setting ladder match before. Johnny Gargano's NXT GOAT. So it's that threat of like, hey, these guys could pull this off and win when you're probably going to get the bait and switch. And a guy like Grimes is probably going to win. Yeah, that, that hurts your soul, doesn't it? Boy, if Grimes won that belt, I'm going to need a week off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a week off. Oh, no. Ain't no week off, pimp. We're going to roll right in here, sit down and record that preview show. And it's going to be one hell of a victory lap. Wow. Victory lap. But needs to say, um, I thought Dream and Finn had pretty good chemistry. I enjoyed the match before all the shenanigans. I would love to see it again on a bigger stage for bigger implications. Um, but it's kind of the right call. Because you're going to have big things for Finn to do throughout the rest of the year. A program with Timothy Thatcher, um, who currently has nothing to do, um, I think it would be a good match. Yeah. Plus, you know what this also kind of sets itself up to if you if you want to go that route? Mm-hmm. You go right back to Finn versus Imperial. True. If you want to – yeah. If you want to go there. That's another way to get there, for sure. It's Thatcher, original member of Imperial. You already have Bartell and Eichner. You do a little doop-doop, a little whoop-whoop. Hey, Bartell and Eichner ain't got nothing else to do Saturday night. Might as well come watch an old friend. They got beef with Finn. That's true. You can't get the big man? Cool. Send your boys some help, Walt. That would be the right way to go. That it ain't over. That would be the right way to go. And eventually they have to make that feud happen on a big stage. Walter versus Finn. And honestly, uh, Finn getting that title, North American title, is cool and all. Finn actually establishing – or sorry, reestablishing the NXT UK brand, much better. Because it definitely needs some good press. Yeah, they also just need to get back up and running shows because allegedly they have a takeover coming in two months. Okay, that's true. Yeah, let's build for it. I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. Right, so that wraps up basically NXT. Pretty solid, decent go home show. Like, it wasn't the best, wasn't the worst. Nah, I just felt like it was kind of just there. Yeah, like it was there to move everything along towards Saturday, and that's what it did. And now we got to get you our predictions then. So we got – we got. it seems like four matches are confirmed for the main card, and obviously we had the triple threat tag match, and they might actually squeeze – Fowler versus Thatcher in there. I'm not sure. We'll play it safe and say they probably do. Because takeovers are usually five matches. Maybe you might get six on one. Yeah. It depends on which, like, yeah, I feel like the maybe. And if they really do overlap with, I mean, I I hate the counter booking thing because AEW is going to be on TNT, but if they really are caring that much and don't want them to have any viewers, I can see them doing six. 
Well, AW starts an hour before. AW starts at six Eastern, three Pacific, and Takeover is set to start at seven okay. Eastern, four Pacific. So Dynamite's gonna get an hour to themselves, which probably won't be too too much from NXT during that hour. Right. But yeah. It's going to be a little counter-programming, a little adjusting. So where do you want to start? Right, let's, let's start with the pre-show. So far, the only match confirmed for the pre-show is a triple threat tag team match to determine the number one contender for the NXT tag team titles that we seemingly forget are still a thing. They, they're really off the map. We have tried to fantasy book these tag team titles through the roof to no avail. <laughs> None. Like nothing is changing. When I when I first read that there was going to be a triple threat um, tag team contenders match, I thought I was going to see completely new tag teams. I don't know why, but I thought that we we're going to see the Punjabi Punishers. I thought we were going to see uh, maybe a Raw or SmackDown tag team. And then maybe Lorcan and Birch, or at least uh, Legado del Fantasma. But nope, nope, nope. We're just just throwing everybody back in that we've seen. But we got Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild versus Brizango versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. And I think it is actually telegraphed for Lorcan and Birch to win. Yeah, I'm going to go Fantasmas. I'm going to go Fantasmas, boys. Okay. I wouldn't be mad because we haven't seen it yet. It's different. I mean, it paints them as a tag team, and it could just be a one-off tag team title match. Um, by no sh- – oh, gosh. The- I-, I don't know if I'd be able to stomach if they had that much gold in that faction. But – um It'd be different for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I just want a different matchup because we've seen the other two. I mean, you talked about this before we started recording. We've seen the other two before. It's true. We have seen it. But I feel like Lorcan and Birch didn't really get a fair shape. Like, they didn't really get the, the, the full-on feud that we thought they would have with Imperium. Like, the full program where it actually means something. We're actually – doing this on TV each week. And so, so I don't know. I, I feel like they can finally get their moment. And I, I would actually um, – I, I would think it would make sense for Lorcan and Birch to go over Imperium. That way, if we actually do this undisputed thing versus Imperium, it doesn't have to involve any gold. Yeah, that's cool. That's fair. But, hey, you kind of need Imperium to have the gold because what else they got going for them? True. They're just kind of around. Okay, if you take the gold off of Imperial, then what are you going to do with Birch and Lorcan? I don't know what they would look like headlining the tag team division, but it can't be as bad as it is now. You say that. Like, it has to be an, an improvement of guys at least working um, 
the great value young bucks and some other mosh boss tag teams like every other week it can't be as bad as it is now we say that and then somehow it becomes worse but yeah they gotta do something for the tag team division i don't know what it is because literally have another podcast where it's nothing but tag team appreciation night and because all the tag teams are across the tracks basically all of them. I mean, you got my man Ivar out here uh, summoning turkey legs to his hands like Thor. Like you can, <laughs> you can, you can let the Viking Raiders come back for a one-off tag team title match against Imperium. Like, why not? They ain't doing nothing. You gonna keep the belt on the profits for now? Yeah, look, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Like utilize your roster. Your whoever's there on either brand, you gotta do something. Not a bad idea at all. Because you know what? You don't have that. What's up? I was gonna say, since that's gonna be the pre-show, I think they're actually gonna start the takeover card with the North American championship. That's literally the if- only way to start. It's either it's only, that or you start with McAfee. Yeah. And, I mean, if they're if they're going to be in this this Thunderdome contraption, which actually looks very dope. They are not. NXT not, is not a part of the Thunderdome. They're keeping NXT at full sale. Oh, that's garbage. Because that would have been such a different experience for uh, just to see. It kind of what it, what it And if people haven't seen what the Thunderdome looks like, it looks kind of like the NBA bubble, but it's gonna, you're going to be surrounded with the video screen. It's going to be like all around you instead of like just that one wall of fame. So it'll kind of have like the same effect of being in a real arena. Yeah. Depending upon how they play things out. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Depending on how they, how the sound is, things like that, but at least you'll be able to see faces on the screen and wrestling fans could be really, really bad jackasses. So hopefully they vet the people that they have on the screens beforehand. <laughs> So they don't do anything like very lewd on screen that children can possibly see. Oh, they're not. Vet- oh, you know somebody's going to get something off. They normally do, don't they? This is how we get beach balls taken away at shows, and I don't hate beach balls. Stuff. Depending upon whose match the beach balls appear in, that's fair. That's fair. But guys going to shows for themselves and try to make the shows about them all the time, like especially guys that cosplay and dress up like wrestlers and run around with refs and do matches in the crowd, that stuff can get kind of annoying all the time. (laughs) But yeah, there's no way but to start this match with the North American title ladder match with Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Gargano, Cameron Grimes, Velveteen Dream. Um, Expect Dream and Gargano to kind of have some dope interests just because it's TakeOver 30. I believe this is Cameron Grimes' first TakeOver, Bronson Reed's first TakeOver, Damian Priest's third. Correct. Um, this should be a great match. And like I said, if, if, if Bronson Reed doesn't do the splash off the top rope – or far, sorry, off the ladder, what are we here for? Why, why, why are you in the match if you're not going to kill somebody by jumping on top of them off the ladder? 
and I'm hoping that it's Cameron Grimes. The NXT universe is probably hoping that it's Velveteen Dream for reasons we've already discussed. Um, either way, somebody got to go through a table off the top of that ladder by the hands of the big man. At the end of the day, I'm taking Damian Priest to take the whole thing. All right. So the thick boy is going to take himself out of the equation. Because he's going to try to put Cameron Grimes through a table or through another ladder by jumping off a ladder. And Grimes is going to somehow roll off the ladder, run back into the ring, hit a cave-in on somebody, and then scurry up that ladder. Still the belt, and that's it. And again, if Cameron Grimes wins this title, and I'm not, I'm not even saying I have to watch this match live to know this, but if I look at Twitter, get a text from Jacob <laughs> or a picture from Jacob, letting me know Cameron Grimes wins this title, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm going to call my internet provider and, and cancel my internet for the week. <laughs> that will be unreachable for the foreseeable because that, that I, no, I wouldn't be able to deal. Damn the shirt. That means we got to see him on programming every single week. And I did nothing to deserve that. <laughs> oh, I mean, honestly, look, let's look at this real quick. There's no way Gargano and Velveteen win. They're former champs. It just doesn't make sense. Gargano doesn't need it. And Dream is too <laughs> Dream is too hot. Put, putting it on Dream would be like the biggest F you to, to fans I can I could ever think of in uh recent memory. And part of me like loves that type of attitude, but it's it's the wrong time to do that. Yeah. Dream isn't safe. So that leaves you Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Cameron Grimes. The money is in the chase. Grimes is the only true heel. Priest is a tweener. Reed is clearly a face. Let Grimes win. Have him be chased. Oh, my God. I hate how, how accurate and right this sounds. I'm going to be so disgusted if he wins this damn title. <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he's just going to be like the dastardly heel that like rarely ever defends the title and just comes out and annoys you, exactly. For like for like ninety days. But when he finally gets caught and gets his ass beat, you're going to enjoy it. Yikes! I I I really don't want that to happen. But if it does, blame Jacob. That's fine. That's cool. Um, <laughs> if they put their damn title on Dream, I, I, I might actually um, make that TikTok video I promised months ago. Yo, if they put that title on Dream, I'm going to simply find whatever hashtag, open up TweetDeck, and make a whole separate column for that, for the official takeover hashtag, make a separate column for um, a hashtag, Fire Velvet Team, and then make another column for just Velveteen's name 
just so I can sit here and laugh and watch and see how irate people become. People are just, it's like just an angry mob. And it's crazy because Velveteen Dream was like so beloved by fans. Everybody's like, where's Velveteen? Why isn't he on the main roster? Why isn't he at the Royal Rumble? And it's like a dark difference right now. Like it's just. And then he allegedly brought his dick into a minor's DMs. It's true. And I forget the person's name. Um, There's screenshots everywhere and different articles, but the guy did tweet again, I want to say seven days ago or so, about how he's not upset about this and that and the third, but the fact that the WWE said they looked into it, but he said he wasn't consulted or something of that nature. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I know everything or the truth. It's a very gross thing. And I don't stand for it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to try to enjoy wrestling because I love wrestling. That's that's fair. But again, allegedly, he a little too hot right now. Yes. Very, very much so. So, Muddy's um, in chase. Put it on the annoying chicken shit hill. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, one thing I wouldn't mind happening is a changing of the guard at the women's championship. Um, Dakota Kai taking on Io Shirai, and we now know uh, Io Shirai's been champion ever since NXT TakeOver in your house. She's only had two, two legitimate title defenses. Tegan Knox and Sasha. So, was Sasha title or was Sasha non-title? Maybe she was non-title. Um... But I, would, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Dakota Kai as champion. I'm not going to lie. Um, is it going to happen right now? I don't think so. I think the presence of Raquel Gonzalez is going to make this a more competitive match than, um, than not. But I think the styles of Shirai and Kai mesh so perfectly that we're probably going to see a four-horsewoman level caliber of match. Like, this, this is high praise. We might see something in the caliber of uh, Helen Nacelle, Charlotte versus Sasha. Like, I, I truly believe that, that that's how great this match is going to be. And I hope they really give it time. I hope they give it at least 25 minutes to go. Um, at the end of the day, I agree with Jacob that this isn't a one-off, that this feud should actually take some time. So I think Shirai uh, topples both of these giants and Kai and Gonzalez and um, continues our title reign until the next big show. And then you pull the title off? No, I don't think you pull the title off then, but I, I, I think you you have some other layers to this feud to where it's more believable. And, and, and in, a, in a serious world, I don't think Kai is ready to be a champion until maybe 2021 with this current gimmick. Like catch some more bodies. Um, maybe get some some – Raw SmackDown run against some of the talent up there, then stake your claim as the queen of NXT. All right. But, yeah, I have EO winning as well. I can make the argument for Kai. It's not quite the time, though. 
Honestly, I'd be shocked. Like, it wouldn't be a bad shock either. Just like, oh, damn. They, they really took the title off. Yeah, it'd be a good shot. Like, oh, y'all pulled the trigger. All right. So many things are so predictable nowadays that when, like, I, I need, like, the, uh, the Otis money in the bank shock. You, you sure you want that shot? You know what? I, I wouldn't mind it because remember I told you my feed went out? <laughs> <laughs> and I came back and he had the briefcase of that. I was just like, what the fuck? So you had to, I had to rewind like maybe 15 minutes or so to see what happened. But yeah, I mean, shock value is always good. Um, it's better than knowing exactly what's going to happen because that's always boring. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sticking with EO because I feel like EO needs to have one of those lengthy, lengthy title reigns. Like Shayna Baszler type. Just dominate the division. Yeah, just give everybody that business. I'm here for that. I wouldn't mind that at all, actually. As long as, long as she can actually have a program with each of the women in the division and it helps elevate some of that talent, I think that's perfect. Yeah, like it can't be one-offs. Like we need to have some good, lengthy programs here. Yeah, don't don't AEW it, for lack of better words. Yeah, don't John Moxley this. Let's actually build superstars here. Speaking of building superstars, um, are we calling Pat McAfee a superstar now? I don't know. I don't think you can stomach calling the man a superstar. Um, well, I, maybe hmm. either way. Who, what Packer McAfee is doing is, by all accounts, he's facing what some might consider NXT GOAT and the greatest NXT champion of all time, Adam Cole. Now, this feud started relatively recently but it's caught fire already on news and media outlets and it's kind of the talk of the town now i said i would reserve my pick because i don't know what the in-ring work is going to look like i don't know if it's going to be a brawl we don't have any notification this is going to be a street fight so i have to assume it's going to be a wrestling match and judging by the looks of it when cole and mcafee came face to face and cole took out all those people Pat McAfee was a little shook. A little shook. <laughs> now, um, Pat McAfee has went out and said he's wrestled before for a smaller promotion and all those good things and that he has some experience in the ring. And he kind of pulled the Michael Cole treatment and said, hey, I'm undefeated in the ring. Adam Cole isn't. Now, there's a number of ways this match can go, but it literally does Adam Cole no benefit to lose this match. Yes, he's a heel. Yes, I understood the era run, run like rough shot over the whole brand and all that type of stuff. But I can't fathom to think that this is the type of L that Adam Cole can or should take. So for that nature, I'm going to say Adam Cole wins. I, I believe Pat McAfee is going to get some licks in. There will be moments where Adam Cole sells his ass off for Pat McAfee and it's going to make me cringe. But I... I can't knowingly pick Pat McAfee to win a match against Adam Cole. So what I heard was you want to pick 
Pat, but because you're petty and spiteful and you don't like Pat, you're like, I'm not picking Pat. Petty and spiteful, that's a new one. Um, I just don't see a way it happens. And I know you have your huge theory on how it's going to happen. I, uh, I, I, mm. a lot of things have been tapped on this podcast. But that, that would be enormous if all that stuff happens. All right, so which one will piss you off more? Cameron Grimes winning or my theory with Imperium working out? Cameron Grimes winning would piss me off more. All right, then. So embrace the theory that Imperium comes through and costs Adam Cole. I can see it. I can see it. I just don't know how you get everybody over here, but I know you're saying it's only going to be some of these guys. You only need two to three. You let the big man and Wolf just hang back, and hopefully you are able to have things loosen up a little bit where you can sneak in a couple. I can see that. So what you're telling the Believe in NXT universe is that you got packed. Yes, Pat McAfee. You are confidently picking against the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. Yes, I am picking Pat McAfee. A guy that you came on this podcast and showed me highlights. (laughs) I'm never going to get over that. You actually messaged me highlights of Pat McAfee um, to make him believable in the wrestling ring. Yes, yes, I did. All right, so go 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 ahead and tell the the, the beautiful people how you think Pat is going to win. <laughs> Simply, McAfee gets his ass kicked the whole match, and then toward the end, Cole hits like a Panama Sunrise or something, and Imperium bum rushes the ring. The ref gets distracted. They get into it with UE, and let's say maybe Thatcher comes from behind, lays out Cole. Throws McAfee on top, or maybe McAfee catches Cole with a low blow. Roll up one, two, three. So one of those really cheap wins, where it's like that. It was just enough to put the guy down for a win. Exactly. Does the feud continue after this? Pat, uh, Pat and Cole. No. Pat takes his W and goes home. And just, just. Trolls us the rest of the year. Yes. Okay. I'll buy it. Trolls the rest of the year until the guy gets like a random entry in the Royal Rumble and then gets his ass beat. I, I can see something like that happen. <laughs> Either that or until he like just happens to pop up in NXT for something and Cole sees him and it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. It runs up home. That's, you know what? Pat McAfee won this damn match, man. Um, that is bold. I, I I think that's almost more bold than putting the belt on Dre. Wow. No, not that bold. It's pretty damn bold, man. It ain't that bold. 
Because you're kind of discrediting uh, everything Adam Cole has built. Because I think this is, will be his first match since dropping the title. It is. So, yeah. So, you can get the man back-to-back L's after losing his longest reigning streak. That's, that's pretty monumental. And then you lose to a punter. You can cool off for a little second. So, you got to carry that loss to that punter. But, I, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm actually interested in seeing the match, which I was not here about not even seven days ago. <laughs> so, you mentioned uh, Timothy Thatcher. So, let's go ahead and talk about that real quick, even though it's not confirmed yet. But we might get Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor. You already know how I feel about it. Um, Thatcher cost Balor the chance to be in a ladder match. And there's been a lot of men costing Finn Balor things. Um, in 2020. Let's just put it at that. Um, I feel like the boogeyman's coming out and this it won't be a squash because I thought Cameron Grimes would be a squash and it wasn't. But Balor's going to disrespect this man and pin him clean if that match happens. Oh, that match happens. It is going to be physical. It is going to be stiff. It is going to be British, Japanese, strong style. And I'm going to enjoy every moment of it. Absolutely. And yeah, Finn picks up the win. Because I don't see the need to give it to Thatcher in that case. Like Unless it won't really it won't hurt him. him. Really? That will whew. I feel like you beat Finn, you famous all of a sudden. Cameron Grimes on my TV every other week. Uh who else beat Finn? Well, Adam oh. Cole, that was a one off. Yep. And that was That's with help. Yeah. They're all with help. Dream beat Finn Balor with help, which if you really want to make the argument, Finn be making people famous. Was that enough for Dream to win the title? Probably not, but you can tie it back to that if that's the case. But, um, yeah, I, I like you said, I think it's a part of a bigger plan to get uh, Finn that Imperium smoke back. Exactly. So why not have Thatcher – get his ass whooped and you just find a way to work that back if you don't go Imperial versus UE yeah you definitely can do something with it I hope they do add that match that'll be like the perfect match to um, to start the show with if they didn't start it with the North American title This is true. And then we get to the main event, the final, the last show. Which is possibly the most unpredictable match that you can actually try to make a comment on just because me and Jacob, we've been talking for weeks. Um, We know that Keith Lee's been the hottest thing in possibly the entire company since like the debut of The Fiend. And then you have Karrion Cross, who has that same type of hype. Who's he, He's only come out and squashed people, and he's pretty much taken out most of the things that Keith Lee loves. Now, is it too soon to put the belt on Cross? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, where does this storyline go from here? And I feel like they made that mistake with The Fiend, and hopefully they learned from it. But it's like, how do you get Keith Lee to have a clean finish? which I don't know how you do that. 
I think this has to be a, and if this is the main event, people hate the non-finish, but I'm going non-finish here. I think these guys beat each other up so much that they either can't compete anymore or they fight to other areas of the PC where the match is just called off. But I think that's how you keep this feud to continue going and Keith Lee retains. Part of me feels like Chopper could come back, but I think they really want to um, keep, keep Keith Lee and Cross across from each other. Yeah, I've been trying to wreck my brain on how are you going to end this match and escape with very little issues. And it's going to have to be a no finish. Like there's no other way. Because, <laughs> cool, other, unless you have Keith Lee win by like some fluke roll up, and then if you do that, you're just like, that's cheap. How would you feel if he like hit the spirit bomb and pinned Cross clean? What the hell did we just spend the past three months doing with Cross? Like, I wonder what type of, like, shock. Like, you would almost have to record somebody's reaction live to get that shock value on social media. Yeah. Same shock value the Knicks got when they just got this eight overall pick or whatever they got. Six. I think they got the one right before you. No, they didn't. I'm positive it was eight. Either way it goes, it doesn't matter. Knicks fans ain't getting a number one pick. Draft lottery is not fair. I don't know. I can't relate. <laughs> There's always the can't relate crowd that their teams get whatever they want. Hey, man, all ping pong balls matter. Wow. You going – wow. You just all ping pong ball. The ping pong balls is here – here comes a sidebar, everybody. The ping pong balls <laughs> – are the dumbest iteration because um, it doesn't help teams get better, in my opinion. Like, and I know they want to prevent tanking and stuff like that, and they want to have the spirit of competition, but it's like teams in the NFL uh, get number one overall picks for having the worst record, and they don't just improve every single year. Like the Browns still haven't went to the playoffs. You got a 53-man roster where you got to fix several key parts versus a 12- to 15-man roster where all you got to do is fix two or three pieces and properly manage it. And also, if you didn't have a bunch of people coming out after one year, two years, going for one year but only playing three games, you would have a better product because they spend that time developing in the league and then they eventually pan into what they should be or they burn out or flame out. Sure. So if you made it where, oh, just like NCAA, you want to go pro? Cool. You got to be three years removed, which means you'd be a redshirt sophomore. I, I mean, I'm 100% with you. I, I do not like the one and done. I don't think it develops these kids to play at a professional level. And there's a lot of kids who come out of their freshman years and they're literally, they haven't developed the skills on court they need yet. And they're not going to teach you like they should at the NFL or sorry, at the NBA level. So these kids just think they can go out here and just hoop, but then they don't learn how to be a pro. And then they just, like you said, most times they flame out. That's how you have, like me and Jacob just talked about the 2013 NBA draft. That's how you have the 2013 NBA draft. We have like all these guys who go in the top 10 and none of them are 
really at really that successful of NBA quality players. At all. So yeah. Coming from a Pistons fan, I've seen this happen a lot. <laughs> but, but back to the matter at hand. I don't think there's a credible way that Karrion Cross can leave here as an NXT champion outside of them, outside of him just beating the crap out of Keith Lee and just stealing the title. Just go ahead and pull a Brody Lee. I'm just going to take the title from you and carry it around. That could very well happen. But either way, this is feud is going to continue on until the next, uh, the next big scheduled programming. Yeah, this this isn't one off. No matter how you end, it's yeah. But yeah, if Keith Lee wins clean, like in the middle of three and one, two, three, that that'd be a shocker. And everybody has to lose at some point. Um, but I don't think Karen Cross's character needs a title to be any type of a uh, big threat. And maybe that one L just hangs over him from Keith Lee. So that means – so if that happens, I don't know um, who steps up to the plate next for Keith. I I don't know. Maybe Grimes. Maybe Grimes, if he wins, he's like, huh, oh, you think, it's, think you was the double champ, huh? I'll show you a real double champ. Oh, my God. Otherwise, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Grimes in the spotlight makes me sick. Uh, but maybe it'll be Gargano, or maybe we'll get something that I'll really enjoy. Um, and hell, I mean, Worlds Collide felt like so long ago, and it was just in January. But maybe during Survivor Series season, we can get uh, – I'm just speaking this into existence. Maybe Jacob needs to do it because he has all the good luck. Um a fatal four-way of world champions. And if you know where I'm going, I am taking Keith Lee, Walter, Drew McIntyre, and whomever is the SmackDown champion at the time and putting them in a match. That's great, but here's the problem. What if the The damn fiend... (laughs) (laughs) Like, no, I don't want that shit. You don't want the fiend to just kill everybody? No, That'd be awesome. <laughs> no. Or or you just get three big behemoth men trying to contain the fiend. Like they all take chances to contain the fiend, and what you'll get is uh what happened at Hell in a Cell last year where they throw all the chairs on top of him. And he just still emerges. <sighs> You know what? You just, that that just saddened me. and just pissed me off at the same time. Trying to end the show on a good note. Did I break you? No, you didn't break me. I, I actually have talked myself into this now, so I'm going to start campaigning for that. Look at you. You talked yourself into some shit you didn't even want. I think that would be great. I, I, I mean, wrestling is all about characters, so if The Fiend can just nerf three world champions, like, so be it. So when he loses to a hip toss again in Saudi, then what? Vince still hasn't apologized for that booking decision. 
just just because he wanted like some rinky dink spear versus spear match that we're probably gonna get on SmackDown in 2021. Like, what's gonna be worse is when they try to pigeonhole us into a Rock versus Roman Reigns feud. Yep, and part of me will be here for it, and part of me will be like, "Nah, Vince, I'm good." I don't see how you can build that because we, their family, The Rock has come to his aid many times as a family member. That, so that's how you build it. What a passing of the torch? No, you build it as I have to keep coming here to save you. I've tried to help you. These people don't like you. Like, why are you a disgrace to the name and everything? They already did that with John Cena. Well, it comes a little more oomph when it comes from your big cuz, your big oose. I don't know. That John Cena feud was money. Like, honestly, I think they did it too early. But John was spit. Like, I, them was some fire promos. Like, you, you not, you're not doing your job. This is why they keep asking me to be here. I'm just saying. Rocky can come through and deliver that. So the problem is there's no winning in that feud for Roman Reigns. Because even if you try to make The Rock the heel with those moments, fans are going to get behind it. And fans are not going to want to see Roman Reigns beat The Rock. I think The Rock is in that orbit where it's like, it, it just doesn't work. So you know what that means? At WrestleMania in LA next year, you're probably going to get The Rock versus Triple H for the 100th time. Yeah. <laughs> and best believe Triple H is going to get his win back. That was his ace hunter going <laughs> over. <laughs> get that win back. In a 45-minute match, too. Nah, it'll be 30 trip, 25. Trips ain't got that much time. Oh, they'll figure it out. Trips always get the longest matches. Ari, it'll be like three minutes because, you know, Rocky can't afford injuring himself. True. Yeah. The movie contracts. Yep. That's the kicker. Yeah, we, we got anything else for the good people? Oh, no. Just uh, let's hit a quick recap. You know what? We ain't going to throw power rankings in for this week. We'll come back and give power rankings on Wednesday's preview. So we'll let this take over, kind of give a little reset to the power rankings. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think I have better insight on where I want to rank people if there's any shift in the titles. Exactly. So just to recap – the takeover card, starting with the pre-show, number one contenders match for the tag team titles is Triple Threat, Legado Del Fantasma, Brizongo, Orny, Larkin, and Danny Birch. I got Fantasma's boys. And I got Orny, Larkin, and Danny Birch. All right. Main card, we'll assume they kick off the show with North American ladder match, which is Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Johnny Wrestling, Cameron Grimes, and Velveteen Dream. I got your favorite Cameron Grimes winning because why not? It's perfect for him to steal a cheap one. Yes, you want to see me in pain, which is totally fine. I got Damian Priest just because it makes the most sense. But um, if they put this title on Velveteen Dream and Twitter burns, I'm going to be very entertained. As will I. And then we slide to the women's title match. Io Shirai defending against Dakota Kai with Big Mama Cool standing by her side. 
I think it's Kai's time, but not tonight. We're getting close to it. So I got EO retaining and hopefully this feud continuing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. All right. And then we have a presumed matchup that we feel like is going to take place in the form of Finn Balor against Timothy Thatcher. I say Finn wins. But there might be shenanigans. Yeah, there there could be shenanigans there if the match is happening, but I still got Finn picking up a, a W. Then we slide to the Cole main event. Adam Cole, baby, against Pat the punter McAfee. I like that, Pat the punter. That's exactly what it is. I got Pat McAfee winning in the cheapest way possible. I'm taking Adam Cole just because I believe that is best for business, but I'm open to all of Jacob's possibilities, which if you listen to his podcast, normally they come true. Here we go. So you got Pat. I got Adam. I'm just interested in all of the malarkey that's going to come with that match. Um, and I think we're both kind of split on the NXT championship and what happens between Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. But at the end of the day, we feel like Keith Lee is going to still be the NXT world champion. We just don't know how we're going to get there. Basically, yeah. I mean, Cross could just snap and get himself disqualified. All I know is Keith Lee's leaving with the title still. So, right. That's the main outcome. So, there we have it. Those are our predictions. We'll be back on Wednesday with that preview to let you guys know exactly how right we were or how wrong we were in the interim. This this is your Saturday morning audio dope. So we appreciate you checking it out. Sit back, relax, enjoy takeover tonight. Be sure to tweet us. I'm at underscore J Dallas. Set us at set underscore says at C E double D underscore S A Y S. And of course the show is at Believe in NXT, just like the podcast title. Nice and simple for you. Would like to make things easy and without further ado we guys will see you on not wednesday we'll see you on monday because we dropping that king coley baby the title god the belt god it's the title tuesday the man of a thousand and one belts it's a great great episode so just be on the lookout for that monday it's gonna be a little long but you know sit back and relax you got some time between monday and wednesday when we come back so said time to go home Time to go home. All right, folks, and we appreciate you all tuning in. Until next time, we're out of here.